A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you along with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball, 15% on wills, conveyancing, and... <laughs> I don't know. Probate, Michael. Probate, okay. That's the word that you were thinking of. <laughs> That's until the end of January, by the way. So if you are planning to move house or get the house on the market in the new year, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan Michael and Moscow White here for the World Cup Diary. Moscow staring down the barrel of the camera on the video version. It's on YouTube. It's on your podcast feed. And I'm um, looking down your lug holes if you're listening on the podcast. How's your chair feeling? Is it nice and warm? It's fine. Good. Yeah, Phil Hay was signing it a little while ago. We just recorded the rest of the, the World Buttercup to decide who in a head-to-head tournament is going to be crowned champion. And it threw up a bit of a surprise, didn't it? When he, uh, to stick with the subject, when he sits on this chair, does his kilt go around the surface so that he's bare-buttocked upon the seat or does he yeah. tuck it under like a pencil skirt? Tuck what under? The, the kilt. Oh, the kilt. Okay. Um, no, he lets it and he puts he's, the lotion in the basket. He's very courteous. <laughs> he brings a bin bag to sit on. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, peeling yourself off it afterwards. If you want to watch slash listen to the World Buttercup, it's, um, it's over on the Extra Ball our members' podcast, bonus stuff. Every, we've done bloody loads this month. We did about 20, 25 podcasts as well following the World Cup tournament. Um, the squareball.net forward slash plus, loads of other perks as well. Dedicated podcast feed, you get it all ad-free. All that kind of jazz, loads of back catalogue um, issues of the mag and a daily email from Moscow. And that, in in Moscow's hand, final selling point for now, is the uh, issue four of the mag. It's not even a mag, is it? It's a bookazine. Show them the spine. Yeah, they always end up being a uh, big one. We go for a spine and it's hundred and. Uh, like 100 and then loads more pages, 106, 114 and then the covers. Um, and if you are a subscriber, you just pay normal price for that. If you're not, we charged an extra 50 pence. So really... It's, we should say it's included in the subscription. If you're already getting the mag, don't buy it again unless yeah, you want yeah. another copy. Yeah, yeah. We're just sending you, you because you, you just bought sucking, a subscription. Just sucking up that bloody cost. That's what yeah. we're doing. So that's, uh, yeah, an extra thud on your doormat there, like... It's got loads of World Cup, loads of World Cup flavor stuff in there. There's a deliberate mistake we've put in there to test people, which we won't tell. Don't tell anyone no, what no. it is. You've got to find it. You've got to spot it and then keep it to yourself. If you find it, we could, we could whoever finds it first, we could send them a Patrick Bamford mug because we've, <laughs> we've got fucking loads of those. Cannot get rid of them. Yeah, choose between a Pat Bamford and a Dan James mug. <laughs> yeah. Did you say somebody bought a Rafinha one? Someone did buy a Rafinha one. I think that's great. The more people who buy Rafinha, Dan James, and Pat Bamford mugs, the less uh, we all have to look at. And that's Bamford. great all round. And the Pat Bamford mug has got a nice England vibe to it as well. Very topical of the minute. And we are here to talk about the actual World Cup. We'll get onto the Leeds stuff because we played in the, we brought them a trophy in the, can you say this, Michael? Because I know you're a... Leeds have, Leeds have won, the, won a trophy and we're not opening on it. I mean, can you believe it? 
that's how that's how used to winning trophies we are now. It's the Festa del 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 Elks. Festival of the Elk, Elks. The Elk Festival. Yeah. And um, we'll do that um, in the second half of the show. Let's wrap up where we are with the World Cup, the World Cup, because we are doing the World Cup diary at the minute. Last time we spoke, I think we were midway through the last 16 fixtures. They've all been settled now. The, the ones we hadn't covered, I think, were Japan, Croatia, Brazil, South Korea, Morocco, Spain, which Morocco won on penalties, and then Portugal, six, Switzerland, one. A couple of funny things in there. Ronaldo being benched and Portugal being miles better without him. It's the, the way his life's going at the moment, isn't it? He, yeah. He desperately wants to be central to stuff, but as soon as he isn't, it just gets loads, loads better. Mm. Nobody needs nice. him. They don't. Nope. And you've got you've got a tribute shirt. Yeah, Arlie Byrne made this. Yeah, Arlie Byrne illustrator, and it's is it of David Batty sidearming? Yeah, it's uh, inspired by Ronaldo's first visit to Ellen's Road when he had the misfortune or the the luck, some would say, of meeting David Batty, and uh, he he put him right in his place. And I would like, I think almost to perhaps bookend Ronaldo's career, I think Batty should get to have another go at him. <laughs> Just instead of the, uh, maybe if Portugal get to the World Cup final, Messi scores the winner, Ronaldo has to sit on the bench and they don't bring him on. And then just out of nowhere, David Batty just appears and just breaks his nose. <laughs> just to really put the, the finishing touches and then he can go back to, oh, he doesn't have a club. He can just go back to his money. The, the, see how he likes that. There's such a wonderful contrast between the two, aren't there, as characters? Because yeah. Batty doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. Never has. No, was never asked about football. <laughs> Whereas Ronaldo is desperately trying to cement himself as the best player ever, isn't he? And he, he will stop at nothing, even if it does involve forcing himself into a team that have no need for him anymore. Interesting choice of words. Japan against Croatia, that went to penalties. Uh, oh, Japan. I know. We it, was so, so, it was such fun to that point why did you take such awful penalties well, we could say the same though about Morocco-Spain but it felt the other side of the line didn't it because I think just about everybody apart from the Spanish was probably cheering on Morocco at that point just for something different to happen you know regardless of what you think about any particular federation or nation it was just nice to see something else happen that didn't go to form got really invested in that game in a way that I didn't expect to I think because yeah. I never thought there'd be an upset and then as you creep ever nearer penalties it was the Spain chance in the last minute of extra time where it looked like it had really opened up from there was a ball to the far post and he hit the shot and I went, no! And it just, it just clipped the post and went wide. But you don't want to feel robbed of penalties either at that point, do you? When you've, got that, when you've gone that far at 0-0, you're like, at least give us the drama. Although the 120th minute goal is always exciting. Yeah, don't Unless you're on the receiving end. I was going to say, when it's not the way you want it to go, though, mm. it, it, it felt unfair. But uh, yeah, Spain are shit at penalties as well, which is good. They practice them a thousand times each. Is that right? So, um, what was the manager called? Luis Enrique. He apparently told them all to... to take a thousand penalties as practice and it seems that some at least some of them they either did or told him they did and uh, it did them no good whatsoever so I think the lesson there for all of us is uh, don't practice practice doesn't mm. make perfect no it doesn't um, the more you try to do something the worse you'll get so just wing it I mean it seems to it, it is the lesson we're learning from that match is particularly even the way Spain played in it where it's they were passing brilliantly and playing superbly, really, but couldn't do anything. So maybe Mixer, Big Lad. Rash, rash, rash. Yeah, all that stuff could have, could have worked better for them. Just throw out um, all the things they'd practiced doing and do stuff that they didn't know how to do, and that might have worked better. Well, the uh, the quarterfinals kick off this afternoon, so when by the time this comes out, the first game will be probably done, dusted, underway, whatever. How have you enjoyed it as a football spectacle, then, as we head out of the, the last 16 into the quarters? It's been all right, hasn't it, I think? Yeah, it's been some fun bits. Still shouldn't be 
happening now where it's happening. I mean, ignore that for a second. I mean, we've but I think the, 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 football's, football's, the football's become quite, there's been some quite good bits to it, I would mm. say. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next the next games. I think there's, I've got, I feel like I've got a, a slight investment in all of them one way or another. So that's always good. It's, it's those games when you look at them and you go, oh, really not our two wins. I feel like, I feel like something interesting might happen in all of them. I'd be mostly uh, sort of disturbed by Martin Keown's um, <laughs> sort of, I don't know if it's an awakening or it's something I've just, Notice, but because I've I've kind of had them on in the background and they've been more of a um, sort of listening, half listening to the games rather than really watching them in in detail. Like bits of commentary have leapt out, and there was a game. It was Spain actually. Martin Keown was commentating on Spain, and he kept saying uh, that Spain will punish you with their passing. Their passing will punish you. They're going to punish you with their passing, and you've got to be aware for it. He kept going on and on about punishment, and then there was. Um, I can't remember which game he was talking about, but he was uh, there was a team that had been playing very defensively and then I think they went behind and had to attack. He said, well, they've, they've really got to take the handcuffs off now. Uh, I mean, handbrake. <laughs> and was he talking about setting traps in one commentary as well? There's like this whole new sort of... Sex dungeon vibe? Yeah, this kinky element to Martin Keon's uh, commentary, which I've never really noticed before, but I'm wondering how far he's going to take it in the... <laughs> rest of the tournament and also how how far I can take it without being sort of quietly sick in my mouth um, listening to this. But That's yes. uh, something Martin Keown would test. Well, he's... Uh, he's <laughs> it cuts to, him, yeah. cuts to him in the commentary box for the next game and he's head to toe in latex. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's gone into the, uh, the boudoir there. He's vomited in his mouth and this usual standard commentary. Uh, but yes, that's really all I've taken out of the World Cup so far is just Martin Keown's... Um, alteration and paying too much attention to what he's saying I don't know much about the football it's been fine so you do actually but you're right when you're only half watching a game and I've done it quite a bit where it's been on in the same room Mm. as me but I've been just tapping away doing something else on the laptop or whatever and you do you kind of just get drawn in by the general energy of the commentator or co-commentator's output don't you then you kind of your eyes will you know divert to the TV if something seems to be happening or whatever well that's where um, Alan McCoy is always such a joy compared to because that's the thing with Martin Keon. There's there's not a lot really cuts through because it's so monotone. So if you if you're trying to listen to for some kind of change in the match, um, there is no change because it's just Martin Keon's voice. And then so you start picking up on different things and the things that he's emphasising, uh, which we've we've discussed. Bondage mainly by the sounds of it. Yes. Whereas Ali McCoyst is a bit more letting you know that something good is happening in the game. I was trying to remember what the score was in this because um, if it was rated off of McCoy's excitement it probably would have been about 10 all actually um, and that would probably be how most games he comments on uh, commentates on finishes but Brazil scored a mere four with uh, Rafinha but extra they should get extra points for dancing not from Roy Keane obviously but everybody else was having a nice time it's amazing how much my um, like vision my perception of Portugal has been coloured by Ronaldo mm. I, I really don't want them to do well because of him there's, there's a, they're an awkward team to love though aren't they because there's Pepe, who's like a, he's been a, a villain for 20 years, it feels like. And then I know, I'm aware that Wolverhampton's in the West Midlands, but all of their antics are somehow lumping with Portugal's crimes as well, <laughs> which is, which I'm aware is unfair, but they kind of are Portugal, aren't they? So um, I think of them as essentially a, a nation of cheats and time wasters, which right. is, which is massively unfair because they've got some good players too. Wolves did dress up as them. They did, for yeah. For a while. Cosplaying. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then also, so did Morocco. Mm. It was quite confusing because Morocco's kit could have been a Portu- uh, Portugal kit. 
Yeah, and it's green and red, then. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's also Morocco's kit. I think another reason to sort of back them to go well is because it's kind of a Portuguese version of the uh, kit we wore in the UEFA Cup in 1999. It's the Puma with the stripe across the chest. There's breaks a little differently. It's a little bit more like the original Lazio number and there was, mm. there was international versions at the time that that's a, a throwback to, but it's quite nice to see them romping around in a, a 1999 kit. Good. Portugal, of course, have Bruno Fernandes as well, who's a, another incredibly scum-faced irritant. Di- incredibly difficult man to love was the nicest way to phrase it, but mm. I think you got it right there, Michael. Um, just looking to the, the quarterfinals, Friday, Saturday, we've got Croatia-Brazil. Um, I've been diving onto you know, Project 538, who we've dug out a number of times for their predicting abilities, where they basically say, if a team's doing well, it'll do well. If you're not doing so well, you're not going to do so well. Their algorithm has, has had a look at these, and the most interesting one, I guess, is the the England France quarterfinal. But Croatia Brazil is split seventy seven percent in favour of Brazil. Then we've got uh, Netherlands Argentina. They reckon fifty eight percent chance of Argentina, sixty eight percent chance of Portugal against Morocco, and then England France is split fifty two forty eight. I don't really yeah. think that makes any sense. I know that's not news when it comes to projects numbers, whatever it's called. But Morocco probably went into Spain with similar numbers um, and similar win probability. But the crucial thing is how they played against Spain. Yep. Um, so they ended up beating them. So I don't think I need Spain. So, we, need to, so we, ignore, we ignore the algorithm. Well, yeah. It's just interesting just to gauge where, from a statistical point of view, because they run the same... Well, semi- I mean, I know Portugal are technically better than Morocco. I don't need somebody with a spreadsheet to tell me that. I know Brazil have got better players than... I mean, even that actually, like Croatia, only have a twenty-three percent win probability against Brazil. They've got Modric and other players who are good. Like I don't know if, and they've got it's the quarterfinal of the World Cup. I don't know if anybody's really a a twenty-three percent win probability. Croatia, it's nonsense. They, how have they just? They run the simulation. It's their sport. It's called Sports Performance Index or something like that. They run the simulation thousands of times, and these are these are the outcomes based on the players that are in there. I think they, they, they could probably use the time more. <laughs> Shut the whole thing down. Yeah, Shut, just, make baskets I mean, or if, something. If you if you have to run the simulation thousands of times to come up with these results, just do something else. You're obviously mm. wasting your time. <laughs> Get a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it gives us a semi-final route of Croatia or Brazil against the Netherlands, Argentina. Um, you got Morocco or Portugal against England or France. Uh, and just looking at the the five thirty eight, basically this is what translates into the odds for the overall tournament. Um, Brazil it's in this are one of the good teams going to win it do they think yeah look <laughs> well Brazil have got a one in three shot of winning this um, everybody else is similar below that Portugal and England both 14% Argentina and France 13 and 12 respectively then we drop to Netherlands with 7 Croatia 4 and Morocco 3% chance of winning it based on the routes through to the final so they simulate it all through to the final <laughs> look at his face look when, at his like, angry face weren't Croatia were in a final a couple of years ago they, were, they beat England in the semi-final yeah, and then they got to the final of the World Cup. Yeah. And now they've got a 4% chance of winning it because they're playing Brazil, which seems to be the thing is, oh, no, they'll never get past Brazil and they'll never get past Argentina. But they might. <laughs> they might. I think they they might, I give them right. a better chance than 4%, well, a better chance than 9% of getting to the final. Do you give What, what percentage chance do you give England of beating France? I think I, mean, I, think, I, I, think, I think 50% is about right on that. Yeah. 52-40. Yeah, that's what I found interesting because it's the one that's judged closest. Um, yeah. On the basis, it's, of the it's, I think it's possibly indicative of how I view England differently to Leeds. That I think England might win this, and I don't even mind saying it. Yeah. Whereas if it was Leeds, and I thought we might win a really big game, 
you jinx it. I just wouldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to go, yeah, we'll lose this because... What do you think that says about you as a person? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something bad. And they say, so Portugal, they're giving a 14% chance of winning the whole thing. Is that Portugal with Ronaldo or without Ronaldo? Because they're very different. Mm. So what am I supposed to make of this? I mean, I guess, or do I just, do I just look at it and then as soon as the team's announced, just realise that every second I spent looking at any of these numbers was a complete waste of time (laughs) because what will then, what will happen after kickoff will be completely separate to anything that these people with the maths I included these on the sheet just as a bit of a curiosity, just to to see what statistics reckons versus what might happen. I I don't really care, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Just good. You know, from an English point of view, I'd like England to win. And that's about it. That is going to be a good game on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be a good, good, a good contest. It is a flip of a coin. I'm looking forward to it. And if England don't win, I want Morocco to win it because it would be funny. Yeah. What with their three percent chance? <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah, I mean you can forget that. So it can't happen. <laughs> what about you, Moscow? Are you, are you getting engaged in this in any way? <sighs> Moscow, get yourself to a fan park and throw a pint in the air. I mean you know it I might come to your house and throw one through your window <laughs> you get drawn into it a bit but then there's the the thing with um, the worker that has died during the competition and the Nasser Al-Qaeda the World Cup chief executive saying that uh, well uh, death is a natural part of life whether it's at work or whether it's in your sleep so don't ask about it I mean he didn't die in his sleep he died in a apparently mm-hmm. a forklift accident while working for you ah well you know people die don't they so it's it's, you know you try to uh, football is the great thing of like you know you start watching it and you forget about all the um, any off pitch controversy because the the green triangle full of grass is like a drug but then um, and you get lulled into exactly what the chief exec of the the whole fiasco wants you to to get lulled into but then he he can't even complete his part of the bargain by lying that he cares he just has to say that you know actually no People die. So if it's if they're working for me when they do it, does it make a difference? He doesn't seem to think so. I see, I think so. But yeah, it, England it versus of, uh, England shade, France will be good. Was it? I can't remember if it was Stalin or Lenin who said you can't um, make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. It's got shades of that about it, hasn't it? Which is a little bit, a little bit disconcerting. Um, but no, I mean it, it should make for a good Saturday night if you factor all that stuff out. I mean, I think was I was saying on last week's show that I'm due to go out on Saturday night for a few beers. We, we may have snow on uh, Saturday morning, which will be an interesting twist on a World Cup. It's not right at all, is it? Uh, going out to watch football, watch a World Cup quarterfinal, and it's snowing out. We should have, we should have had Christmas in summer. That's just what they do in Australia. Just to flip it. Yeah. That's what they do in Australia. I know they do, yeah. It's, I don't know why they've chosen that in Australia. They should have, should have rearranged it, really, for when it's cold. Maybe we should go to Australia to experience the Summer World Cup now. Can we get there by Saturday? <laughs> I think we can. Not on the on the boat though. Because our our Australian listeners will be spitting, what would they be spitting? Uh, kangaroo fur. <laughs> and of course <laughs> they be... they get to watch the World Cup final first, don't they? Because they're ahead. They in, do. They, in, yeah. in the time, well, they, so. they always have to watch it at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is our time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get the we'll fly to Australia, find out the result. Yes. Then we'll put in the some, warm. Then we can, in the warm. Then we can put some money on it and win some money back in winter. Oh, it's England. like when Biff in Back to the Future finds the al- finds the almanac. Exactly. This is the almanac for us, isn't it? We won't, we won't be back in a couple of weeks if we pull this off. It's definitely. This you always stunt. see it on New Year. They always do that first, don't they? In Christmas and stuff. So yeah, they don't wait. No, exactly. And no respect for in, an embargo. <laughs> Impatient. <laughs>
Earlier this year, the good folks at Boxed kept 100 Leeds fans fed and watered for four days to give us the energy to complete our 92-mile charity walk. These days, of course, the focus is on conserving energy and minimising waste. And Boxed have been sharing their tips to use your heating system as efficiently as possible to help keep your energy bills down. Upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat could save you up to £1,150 a year. And upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one couldn't be easier. Installations carried out by an expert qualified installer and included in the price. And 0% finance is available, subject to the relevant checks, of course. You'll get a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds with Boxed. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. You don't have to walk 92 miles to do it. Just grab your phone, head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk, and use that code TSB50 to upgrade your boiler and save money now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. To Leeds and the say it again. Uh, well, it's Festa del uh, Elche. I've discovered uh, Elks is the Valencian, the local uh, dialect way of saying Elche. So it's um, obviously they're they being in Valencia. People from Valencia would like to speak Valencian, and so that's it. Right. It doesn't help me pronounce it, but that's they, that's what it is. Anyway, we've won that. That was good. Does that mean we now run the city? Joyous scenes, weren't they? At the end, as as the players surrounded a trophy, all confused, apart from Mateus Click. Yeah, he. He made it special, didn't he? I mean, he made it special with an absolutely brilliant goal mm. and then kept that going all the way through to uh, absolutely brilliant trophy celebration. So it was um, probably, you know, the whole thing was worth it just for seeing him running around the pitch with a, a big trophy in the air and a grin on his face. Yeah, and the players like, like go on, egging him on like a bunch of night school kids. Although, do you see the um, the little clip of, uh, I think it was Luke Ayling's video, wasn't it, that the club put out? And it sounds like Luke Ayling's voice saying, go on, one last time. Is that, does that mean he's is he is he leaving? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that either. I'd play it now for you if you want. If, if you want, no, it's fine. We'll believe you. All right. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but you know, why not just put it out there anyway? Um, 
Did you roll your eyebrows when Somerville went off injured inside the opening like five, ten minutes, whatever it was? Roll your eyebrows? The, yeah, and your eyes. <laughs> you raise them. Yeah, I meant that. <laughs> I raised my eyeballs and rolled my eyebrows. <laughs> Correct. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. Any bits of you moved around rolling or <laughs> raising Moscow? My head fell off. <laughs> Chill out. Wow. Yeah, it, it, I think pretty much at the moment some of it went off. I thought, oh, I just abandoned the game. Let's <laughs> not have anyone else injured. For Christ's sake. It was sake. tasty, wasn't it? Like, there some tackles flying in. Yeah, it was a bit... It all felt a bit unnecessary. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to judge with this. I mean, there was the tweet from Phil Hay at the end where he said that the players, the Elche players looked genuinely annoyed that they hadn't won this and they won it 27 times out of um, about 35 runs of this trophy that they have organised for themselves and it seems like they've It's or, our trophy and we will keep it Well yeah they've organised a competition so they can win something every year and then Leeds come along and um, take it off them and um, Do we keep the trophy or do we have to send it back? I guess we can have it for a year and they normally give you a replica don't they so there will be a replica of that thing will be in um, the trophy rooms at Leeds forevermore so that's nice. But yeah, they did seem to be taking it seriously. But that's the thing, these games always get caught in between, don't they? Because you can't tell players that cliche. You can't tell players not to put maximum effort in because you get more injured if you're not fully committing. Um, but then some of the commitment did seem a little bit too much like they all wanted to form an Irish blues band. What would that name, band the, be the, named? The Commitments. Right. You remember that film? I do, I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everybody listening to this under the age of 20 also remembers that film <laughs> vividly. So that was going on. People, people were singing Mustang Sally. Yeah, I got I know. So, And doing it surprisingly well. Nobody expected them to sound so good or to... Um, to. Uh, I suppose we did expect them to score from just like banging long diagonals over our... Whoever got to have to play left-back this week. Um, keep so it, that keep it on trend, Moscow. Keep it yeah, on trend. Yeah, Elche had done the research, hadn't they? We were rubbish, though, weren't we? I was going to say that the overall... Well, it, was, it was concerning, wasn't it? Particularly, I know we, we kind of got things together in the second half, but fucking hell. Well, I mean, the, the wider context of this is that Elche are terrible. Like, they're well adrift at the bottom of La Liga, haven't won many, a game yet. I was going to say, how many, how many games have they won this and season? Had, I mean, about, was it four, four managers or five managers? They've had five managers, they've got four league points. Great. <laughs> they did win um, in and a we cup. And we made them look like Brazil. They won a game in a cup. Yeah, they were... Um, I mean, everybody... It's maybe interesting that everybody looked knackered at full time and they have been all... Um, Jesse Marsh was saying this, that they've been a lot of hard training this week, getting them back from the break. So they've all been away um, and then they've come back, worked hard in the warm weather and um, it doesn't matter, does it? That's the thing. It's, I mean, we're, it's a training game, essentially. So reading too much into it is always dangerous but it is also um, tell that to the 20,000 who watched it on YouTube Moscow White well yeah but it's also true to say that entertain me we were pretty bad yeah we weren't great were we but it always worries me when because we've had a couple of breaks in this season I've come back from them thinking oh we've done some stuff in training and there'll be it'll look more joined up and then I see us play and it's like oh well, fuck that's, <laughs> maybe the thing with this game is that it's only they've only been back in training a week and we beat Preston it was behind closed doors friendly and we beat Preston. So we're not total losers. And Preston, are, I mean, I don't know who was playing for Preston. I don't know who's playing for us. But, um, you know, they're a, a championship team. And, um, Didn't we once lose 6-4 to Preston? Yeah. That's progress. So, that yeah, we, we've improved. And we beat them in the playoffs, didn't we? 
If we were back in the day, I don't think it was the same press. I don't think John Parkin was. I was going to say if John Parkin was playing, we probably should be beating them. Yeah, given I think he's probably about twenty stone now. But um, yeah, so differently. I think the the thing about us looking so bad in this was that we looked bad in ways that kind of are versions of how we've looked bad in league games at times. So it it didn't just look like first game back rustiness. It like the goal was the perfect example. You know, we've that's always a problem ball sailing over the back of our fullback who is too high and has too many players to mark and then they just run away and have a chance or score so we've, um, we've seen that a lot of them well exactly so it's it, putting you can either put it down to rustiness but then when we've not been rusty we've been doing those things I think at the other end of the pitch where we basically did absolutely nothing in the first half I'm, I'm willing to say rustiness uh, contributed there but you well, the, the, the problem is have more against Real Sociedad. The problem is that you're watching it, and Elche looked like they knew what they were doing, so you can't help but compare the, the relative performances of the two teams. And we looked like we didn't know what we were doing. You're thinking, well, if they've just come back to, why do they look good? But it doesn't mean anything, does it? it just, there's just that Michael part of my brain going, well, we're fucked then this season. And the good news is, that and I know it's silly. When we brought, I mean, uh, we brought Click on and other players with him, and suddenly looked better. Yeah. Good job of bombing click out in the transfer window, eh? I mean, it's weird because some of the things he did in the game were like the things that I think Jesse Marsh absolutely loves and wants and asks for. And I almost wondered, like Marsh seems to be, uh, click seems to be turning in like the perfect, this is what Jesse wants performance, just to annoy him. <laughs> like, you're not going to play me, but I'm going to show you that I can actually do your style of football with one arm tie my, tied behind my back. I just don't want to. <laughs> That's why. So I'll do it against Elche and then prove that I can, and then um, you'll never see me do it again. Because there was a chance where he uh, got to the edge of the penalty area. Uh, it's something that Marsh talks about. It's like if you're at the edge of the penalty area, just chip the ball to the penalty spot, um, and things will happen. And Matteo Joseph got on the end of that and nearly scored. And it was like that's it was everything that sort of Rodrigo and Sam Greenwood when he ended up playing behind him um, in the first half hadn't done. So Click comes on. It's like, I'll just sort all your attacking out for you, Marsh. See, I can do it. And now I'm going to sit on the bench. And uh, if you want me to do it, uh, ask nicely. I'll do it reluctantly. Yeah. And I will consider going on the pitch and saving your ass. Um, if not, there may be um, another team that I can go and play for. But who knows what's going to... Well, it's been linked with DC United in the States and Royal Antwerp. I mean, they've still in, got... Uh, in Benilux. Um, you got it. Who, is, does anybody good play for DC United? Do you know who their they, manager is? They bombed out Rooney, no. Uh, is Rooney not their manager anymore? Has he gone? Um, oh, he might still be. I thought he still was. Yeah, might yeah, be wrong. Yeah. They've, got, um, they've got Christian Benteke and Ravel Morrison are the, are the two names <laughs> I mean, you, you'd recognise from their team. It sounds like a chuckle. Um, and an Irishman called Derek Williams who was born in Hamburg and played for Villa. I was going to say, the, uh, the player of Confusing. the World Cup for me so far is Nico Williams. You know, to, to have been knocked out with Wales mm. and then come back with Spain. Yeah, that's, he's done well there. Pretty good going. So, all right, yeah, I didn't realise Wayne Rooney's still in charge. So that would be fun, I guess. Um, make click manager. Yeah, yeah, it would work. It would work. Club culture. It does feel like... It doesn't it, say that, booze. It's got a picture of a big bird it does with a feel, Volkswagen logo. It does feel, doesn't it, like that one is just gradually moving towards a sad goodbye, I guess, if not now in the summer... Well, he'll, he will leave Leeds at some point. Yeah. They all it's, do. It's, it's, another, it's just another dismantling of the promotion team, isn't it? Another removal of those. But even if they're 
no, you know, no matter what you think, whether you think he's good enough or not good enough, fast enough or not fast enough, it's just a, it's sad saying goodbye to these players. And he's funny, he's clicking. No one else in the squad was doing that thing with the trophy yesterday. It's nice to have some characters around, which I know is not a reason to keep someone. But I, I suppose I feel a bit sorry for him as well because at the start of the season, he made a couple of good appearances from the bench and Jesse said he was going to use him. And he, since that point, we basically haven't, have we? And then he's not gone to the World Cup and it feels like he's leaving. And the whole thing could have been... If, if he'd have known how much he was going to play, I dare say he'd have tried to force a transfer. And what Moscow's saying as well, you start to construct these narratives in your head thinking, I bet Click just doesn't buy into Jesse. <laughs> well, he's, it's hard to say because the fact that he's not played more is weird in a sense because Brendan Aronson is his direct rival and he wouldn't displace him for a starting spot because Aronson's been great. But Aronson gets tired. We see him quite, he gets brought off on 70 minutes quite often. And quite often the player coming on is not Click. And then you see how well Click can do things still. He's far from um, being over the hill. And you do, it's, well, why isn't it Click that's coming on? And yeah, all the things Marsh says that he loves him and he's great and he's got a big role to play. And they had a, a meeting and they sorted it all out. And then it just doesn't then get backed up by um, him actually being used to, uh, to the extent that even a limited ex- extent, it feels like as a squad player, he's been underused compared to what I would think he could still contribute to this style of play. I mean, elsewhere, uh, beyond that, we've got other friendlies still to come. I guess we should do the injury update. Fixture changes as well for telly. Women progressing in the plate, it was, wasn't it? Uh, against two divisional uh, higher oppositions. That's Opposition from the division above. Not very, they've done it twice. Very Two. well, well stated. Yes, yeah. Can tell I do this professionally. Have you? Have we mentioned the amicable resolution of the? Well, that was my of, final point of the dispute that went all the way to the highest court that it could go to, but yeah. it was amicable. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So uh, the statement that it was a one sentence statement on the Leeds United website. Leeds United and RB Leipzig are pleased to announce that they have reached an amicable resolution of the dispute between the clubs. Further details of which are confidential to the parties. What do you think they say? You will pay us this money, probably. Yes. Yeah. Well, according to Build, yes. I mean, they. It's the be, German newspaper, by the way. Yeah, and they generally have um, fairly up to date stuff coming out of um, Fizzy Leipzig, and their view on it was that we're paying them the full amount plus interest as agreed. But what had been sorted out was the payment terms of when it all due, yeah. when when we'll actually like Venmo it to them. So yeah. I was going to say, it's worth just adding some more detail to that, which is that the case that went to Cass was over the first instalment of that, which obviously would then be binding, presumably, on the subsequent instalments, because if you tested it again in the same you know, um, court, as it were, then you're going to get the same outcome, by which, by the time it's been resolved, all three payments have become due. So we, we owe them, basically, the full amount. So presumably, Leeds have said, look, we can't afford to pay you 18 million quid in one fell swoop. Will you have it? over 10 years. Yeah, something along those lines. So it's just kind of, when when shall we pay this? Now it's all um, sorted. Because I don't think um, much as uh, I distrust any anything Red Bull, that Leipzig's aim is to kind of grind leads into dust. It's just to get the money at some point. And it all, when you get into when stuff goes on a balance sheet and when you have to pay tax on it and interest uh, exchange rates and all that kind of bollocks is, yeah, you sit down and you work out when you should the money over well the end to a hilarious episode in the history of Leeds United 
yeah, the friendly still to come. So see that week on Friday, and then Monaco the Wednesday after that. That one's close to Christmas, isn't it? Mad Friday for Sociedad could be interesting. Do you know how ticket sales are like? Been fair to Midland? I think they've done. I think they sell pretty well. Yeah. From I've not bought mine yet, and I probably am going to go to that Sociedad game. Yeah. So hopefully there are some left. But yeah, I think I think they're selling pretty well. It's um, the lack of available tickets for Premier League games probably means there's a bit of overspill into people being like, well, I'll go and watch something. Tickets probably aren't selling as well as the tickets to our gig. Well, you don't want to brag, do you? But bloody hell. They're having up the uh, East Stand Up for that one, I heard. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a football thing with football cliches, aren't we? We are part of Leeds Lit Fest 2023. It's not till March, but I think, will there still be tickets on sale on March? Possibly only from uh, about a third s- of scalpers outside the venue. I was going to say, higher third of the amount. capacity sold within about an hour, isn't it? which is quite exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. So we're going to have to do some stuff to make that worthwhile. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> have to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah if you want, de- de- details on that. Carriage Works Theatre in Leeds have got the details, so just search for that. Squareball.net has the have details we, Have we got well. a look at that? Our website. Joined up. Yeah, you'll find out stuff by that, but move quick because tickets are going so, out. So we're doing something with Phil Hay to be confirmed as yet what that will look like. Might make him dance. Yeah, and then that'll be followed with a warm-up act and then football cliches are on for uh, for a nice big sesh after that. Um, and that'll be fun. Yes, it's not till March, so... Yeah, plenty of time. Plenty but... of time, but don't snooze on your tickets, otherwise um, it won't be as easy to get into as the Sociad game. I mean, you can just bunk over a wall for that, whereas ours is in a, a theatre, so it's, it's harder. It's not the globe, there's a roof. Uh, injury update, Bamford had his groin surgery, we don't know where he is yet. Furpo, back soon, maybe. Cock? I hope he's at home. He's had a little bit of is a, he missing an issue. Who, Bamford? Yeah, he said we don't know where he is. No, we don't. I don't, do you? Well, is it a question? I mean, I hadn't thought about it. Is I mean, he, we don't know where is he, he is in terms of his recovery. Oh. There's been no update. Because, I mean, I know the, I surg- mean he's lost. the surgery was in Munich and <laughs> he got, got the wrong play later home. in Spain. And then it's like, yeah, Bamford had his surgery. Now nobody knows where he is. Is he absconded from hospital? Is he <laughs> running around the streets of Munich in his gown, hospital gown, trying to get our European cup back? His bare ass flapping in the wind. Coming for Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah, Furpo apparently back soon, but we've heard that before. Cock has had another little uh, injury, hasn't he? back soon we think uh, Somerville we're not quite sure yet it didn't look great did it when he was being taken off it was the when the physio looked across the bench and did a little yeah he's Har- done for Jackie Harrison <laughs> went the insurance documents and <laughs> said something to Rob Price along the lines of like what's he done and then whatever Rob Price went back to him he kind of went a, it was a big kind of a thing oh god that again yeah well <laughs> Sinistera Although, we, um, we don't know about Sinistera either do we is he lost somewhere because he was in a protective boot not not that long ago, just before. When was it? Just before yeah, the last the World time Cup I saw break. him on anything, he had a, he still had a, a big boot on. So I don't have a huge amount of faith in him getting back. And well, then I would I would if I had like foot surgery, I'd hurt my foot or whatever. I probably would seek to protect it. I normally, got, I normally go for shoes in day to day life, but if mm. I'm giving it a bit of a bang, I might put something a bit more rigid on. Sinistera wasn't due back until like he's not supposed to be back yet. No. Nobody ever thought he was going to be back by this point. So um, he's not behind schedule. No, so don't worry. Um, Melier is the unknown really isn't glandular it glandular fever yeah because yeah, that can be a very long term thing can't it I always associate glandular fever with Glyn Snodden way back in the 80s Charlie Taylor had it as well didn't he um, mm. in the more recent times he was out for quite a long time with it so well, hopefully he's not too hopefully bothered. he's alright Robles looks okay though does I mean he's no yeah. Melier because Melier's absolutely just different level but um, we do finally have a because uh, Clarsen they said Melier and Clarsen are both ill and then they've said Melier has got glandular fever. I don't know if Clarsen has also got glandular fever, in which case Joel Robles has done very well. 
And thank God we signed it. Um, but yeah, it is good because that was um, last season's big risk, wasn't it? Let's go through, uh, let's see how far we can get without uh, without an adult goalkeeper. And we did fine in the end. But um, it's nice to have sort of a grown-up available. And Danny uh, van der Heuvel is back in contention, but he is also still young after his harrowing car crash. You make, it sound like, you make it sound like a car crash may have made him older. He's still young after his car still, crash. Well, but uh, maybe uh, experienced. He's, he's been through stuff mm, now, hasn't true. he? Um, nothing can sort of uh, make you grow up faster. But yes, he uh, is all right now, which is good because, I mean, the whole the full story's in the Yorkshire Evening Post at some length. Um, yeah, quite a bad car crash, but he's okay. So we've got loads of goalkeepers, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, looking at glandular fever, primarily spread through saliva. Kissing disease, isn't it? Yeah, mm. so who's he been kissing? That's the question. Dan James on the head. Yeah, who's he not been kissing in Malia's case? He's, he, he loves a little smack. Mm. Sorry, I sound like Martin Keon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the smacking, no no kissing for Keon, just the smacking. <laughs> really? Is that true? Um, and finally, the fixture changes. We've got two more games. Forest leads, leads scum both on consecutive Sundays at two o'clock. That love, that much loved two o'clock Sunday fixture. I mean, us playing scum was always going to move, wasn't it? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones you go off. Oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. At least it's not like a twelve o'clock kickoff or anything. It's not. Yeah. It's not really, really early. This is true. This is true. And it's like about- an eerie repeat of last season because we played scum at Elland Road sort of mid February as well, didn't we? Just before like going into the last week of the yeah, so And I was thinking about that game for some reason. What a mad game that was. Was that the Rodrigo punt from wide? Yeah, and then we... And then we, Rafinha. Yeah. And then we equalised. We scored two in a minute to bring it back from 2-0 mm-hmm. down to 2-2 and the whole place went absolutely mental for about 20 minutes and then obviously we ended up losing. But um, that, that spell of those two goals and the aftermath is one of my favourite moments of the season, funnily enough, just like in terms of pure pandemonium. Yeah, so nice if something like that happens again, but maybe with... Stop there though. Yeah, we'd take a point, wouldn't we? Although now no, let's beat them the rubbish. <laughs> and our style means we go we go after these so-called bigger big six top six clubs, don't we? Yeah. So that, those two uh, those seven days in February, well, how many will we lose to Forest by? Do we think like six, seven, and then we'll go and beat Scum? Now we've got we've got our post post Christmas run in towards uh, easy safety, and we'll start to think about that time. We'll be thinking about could we do Europa Conference? <laughs> I'm going to say that's not going to be in the discussions. You don't think it's, so? It's unlikely. Well, mark me, Michael. Mark me. You what, never know. What uh, what competition do you get in for winning the FA Cup? It's Europa League. Right. Yeah. So why would we settle for the conference when we could just win the true uh, yeah. the FA Cup and go Europa? True enough. True enough. Um, I think that wraps it up for today, doesn't it? Uh, we'll have another chat towards the start of next week. Yeah, we might as well because all yeah. the qu- all the quarterfinals will be done. Uh, more lead stuff will be happening. I mean, we don't need to watch the quarterfinals because project nonsense has told us what the result's going to be so I don't know why we're trying to generate any excitement if or they're jeopardy all, if they're all correct will you apologise next week for doubting their methods no oh, I mean all the, all the methods have gone who's better team they'll yes. probably, they're, they're probably win and putting a number on it we could do that couldn't we yeah <laughs> what do you reckon to I think our chances of getting into qualifying for Europe via the league I would put at about 3% right so you're, saying, so you're saying there's a chance and so but on. you've got to run that simulation thousands of times so guess again Three and a half percent. Now guess again. Two and a half percent. Now guess again. Two point six percent. Should we do this for until we're back on? I've got a feeling you've been a little bit facetious now. That's that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how it works. Is so. it? Right. Okay. Uh, back at the start of next week, then we're going off to BBC Radio Leeds on Monday as well to record a, uh, a 
Christmas special quiz with mm. them as well. That'll be fun. Um, so look out for that. On, that's on their podcast. Not on We've this got one. our own Christmas quiz coming up for um, CSB Plus people. Yep. We'll be recording that after this, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Just to keep on that festive hype train. So if you're watching the videos and we're wearing the same clothes, maybe we should swap. <laughs> I quite like your hoodie. Could do shirts, couldn't we? Just shirts off. <laughs> Christ. Skins. No. no. No, we want people to watch. Right, we'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.